podcast. I'm Ross. I'm Phil, and this is Ross and Phil Talk Movies after almost a month and a bit's break. Has it been that long? It's been a while, mate. It has been a while. I think the last time we podcasted was before the Oscars. Oh, my God. So, and Parasite. World, I, I say, and the world has transformed. Yeah. Well, yeah, the world has got the world has got slightly weirder in the last month, right? So, like, oh, like the, the Matt Damon film Contagion, Apparently, we're all now living in the secret cinema version of that film. Yes. Uh, or not so secret cinema. And um, and Parasite beat everything. Yes. So, so a film called Parasite. Yes. <laughs> has basically beaten the world. Has beaten the world. And, of course, Donald Trump uh, asked the question, why would anyone want, want to watch a film with subtitles? Yes. Because we can Fair. read them. Bearing in mind that Donald Trump has officially gone on record and said that his favourite film is Bloodsport, which, by the way, it's one of my favourite films, which makes me feel really, really skeevy now. Is that genuinely one of his favourite films? No, it's his favourite film. No way. Yes. Oh, shit. So so we, we now have two things in common. I now have two things in common with Donald Trump. One, I love Bloodsport. And two, I'd also bang his daughter. Yes, yeah, I think we'd all sort of uh, dive in on that one. Toge- so everyone, together, even, probably. Yeah, so, so most of us have two things in common with Donald, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you, buddy? It's been, a, it's been a while. I am somewhat tired as a result of jet lag. and lots Yeah, of you did, like, what, two days in LA? That's, that's never insane, right? I literally flew on Sunday lunchtime and landed back 9.20am on Thursday. And was there a specific reason for this trip, or did you just fancy going to some comic book shops? Oh, I just wanted to drive myself completely insanely tired. Um, no, it was a, uh, it was a, it was really enjoyable. I was uh, brought over by Savannah Lionsgate to record the Blu-ray commentary uh, for I Am Vengeance Retaliation, as Vengeance Two is officially known. Oh, now. nice! Yeah, with uh, the mighty Stu Bennett, who's fantastic, uh, and then we also did uh, on-camera interviews as well, and it was, uh, it was a really it was a great experience to be honest uh and uh yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see what people think of that we did the um we did the movie commentary in one pass with wow. one great software i know it's quite quite surprising and then we were asked for for people who don't know how these things work uh we were then asked by the the like the recording engineers to say some very specific things each in terms of certain names of cast and crew <clears throat> uh, and uh, explain a few specific points that they'd picked up on while we were talking. So they then edit that all together, which I, I, I wasn't aware of. I've done some commentaries before, but I haven't seen that before. Like, because you did the, uh, <clears throat> you've done two commentaries before that I know of. I mean, we did the epic Left for Dead commentary in your bedroom. <laughs> yes. That was, actually, wasn't, that wasn't in my bedroom. That was, that was in your lounge. It was something like that. I was in the dining room with, um, no, a- what? Yeah, it was a dining room. room. It was, yeah, it was like, yeah. Me, you, like Glenn, a, Adrian, I think. Was yeah. Kevin there. It was like a, it was almost like a roundtable commentary. <laughs> it was yeah, it was, it, it was really, really odd. And then we did the tender men. You no, the tender men commentary was a weird one. So you were doing it with someone, maybe mm. Brendan. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. And then I was late, I so I joined I, the commentary halfway uh, through. I genuinely don't. I'd actually like to go back and listen to those just to see what on earth we said. I don't remember that at all. Because I, I, remember yeah. we, I remember we did it. I remember yeah, it. and I joined it halfway through because I was like, I was, I think I was like super late. So I just pop up on the commentary and go, hello. Uh, 
I exist. I exist. Like, okay. I, I was here. I did this. It was me. It was me. Um, anyway, so um, well, world's changed. Uh, everyone's dying from 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 a cold and uh, parasite won everything at the Oscars. So so other than that, should we start as we always start by talking about the last films, new and oh, old? Yes. So I'm guessing you you probably uh, caught some things on the. Yeah. So I went to New York just before you. Sorry. Oh I, yeah. I question right. So I went to New York just before you, as you may well have seen. It's my favorite I, favorite city. Mine as well. I fucking adore New York. Um, but weirdly, on the plane over, I watched two films. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched the. Two, this is not my two films I've seen, but. Oh okay. Just, right. just to contextualise this. But so I watched Playing with Fire with John Cena, which. Fairly wasn't quite as bad as I expected it to be. I thought, it was, and that's me really like because it's got Keegan Michael, it's got Keegan Michael Key in it as well. It's got yeah. quite a few people I, I like in it. I thought it looks like a fun family movie. I mean, it it barely looks like they made it for more than a bag of chips in a location. But mm. um, but then but then I was going through like oh classic films, and I'm not joking. On a plane mm-hmm. in the middle of an outbreak of what could well prove to be one of the most serious pandemics ever, or not. They actually had contagion on the plane. <laughs> Same with me in LA. Same. I had I had contagion as well. I was like, what on earth are they doing? <laughs> I was just, like, I genuinely, what it. on earth are they doing? I, I mean, I watched it and I forgot that like Gwyneth Paltrow dies, so it instantly becomes one of my favourite films of all time. Um oh. I know. Um harsh. But I was like, I was like, really? Really? Did we not think that that might not be the most it's like it's like if someone put a live on there or something. I will never forget. <clears throat> well, I say I'll never forget because I've probably got the details <laughs> wrong. If I remember correctly, my first ever flight to LA, uh, I'm sure this was right. I'm sure it was definitely a flight to LA, and I feel like it might be my first ever flight to LA. <clears throat> they had um, all, obviously all the movies, but they had TV shows obviously as well, and they had the first episode of Fringe, which I ended up <laughs> loving. I don't know if the first episode of Fringe, the first scene is everybody on aeroplane dying. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, everybody is dead. That's amazing. And that was that was on an aeroplane flight to LA. And I could not believe that that was there. I was like, why aren't they just showing Passenger 57, uh, like airplane, or airport? You <laughs> die, know, hard, like, die Hard 2. <laughs> die Hard 2. Just like, alive. Why don't, why don't they just have the scene where Bill Sadler in Die Hard 2 uh, guides that plane in and crashes it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like, they think they're all okay. Why don't we just have that on a loop plane? Like, go on. <laughs> We have it as a safety video, right? It was insane. Like, that was absolutely insane. That's genuinely oh, Final, Des- final Destination. Yeah, Final Destination. Destination. That would be amazing. That seems and fine. today's in-flight movie is Final Destination. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. <clears throat> so, uh, yes. Love, yeah, can... love, love that. But you're right, Contagion from nowhere. Because I've been on loads of flights, certainly yeah. since the middle of last year. No, Never had Contagion on any of those flights. Well, and funny suddenly, enough... Funny enough, it is now apparently Warner's second most watched film on iTunes. <laughs> it's gone from like a hundred or something to number two. People are insane. Literally, <laughs> it's it's like your house is burning down, so you put London's burning on the TV. Or backdraft. Or backdraft, yeah. It's the fire's like, alive. Like you're dying on the floor waiting for an ambulance, and you go, I'll just watch Casualty for a little bit, right? It's fine, right? It's, uh, this will probably be fine. <laughs> so what was it last? What was the last new film you saw, Mr. Boyesk? Okay. Uh, so, again, in the in the tradition of the most recent film and then the newest film that yep. has been released that I've seen. So the newest film that has been released that I've seen is The Invisible Man. Ah, okay. Have you what seen you it? Think? 
Yeah. I yeah, really, yeah. really, really, really liked it. My only, it was a very small criticism, is I feel like it could have ended four or five twists before the film went. Like, I actually really liked how it all played out in the end. Yes. There's some goofy bits, but I still really liked it. I thought it was genuinely scary, which was great. I genuinely think, so spoiler, right? I genuinely think the best ending for the, for the Invisible Man, like for genuinely the most heart-hitting ending would have been the scene when she meets um, her sister in the restaurant. Yes. And it looks like she's slit her throat. Yes. Right? And then she goes to the asylum and she's been, you know, he's screaming and screaming. He's he's watching, he's watching. And then they get the, the quiet scene where she's in like the like not an interrogation, like in a quiet yes. room. And the two cops are interrogating, like questioning her. Yeah. <clears throat> and they kind of go, What, you think he's in the room with us now? That bit. And then yeah. she looks around and then she's just looking at an like what looks like an empty doorway. Yeah. And then and then cut to credits. That yeah. would have been, no, that would have been the best ending of all time. That would have that, been terrifying. Yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been so brave, right? Because it yeah, does like it really kind of it would be like, it would be it would be like it would be like is it in her head? Is it real? Is it not? Yeah. Really? Do you know what I mean? Like I think that would have been such a br- and at that point it's about I don't remember exactly, but I'd say it's about eighty minutes in. Yeah, it would be super tight. It film. would be the perfect ending. It would be like the perfect ending. And in fact, you could she have yeah, yeah, she was amazing and um, very unglamorous performance. I thought. Yes, absolutely. They made a very they they did not movie her up at all, and I was no. I was super impressed with all of it. But I will say the way it developed after that was genuinely still very exciting as a movie. No, it was like it was yeah, a real the ending was great, but it yeah. wasn't as good as your ending, which I a hundred percent agree with. Right? I think it would be an amazing. That would have been an amazing ending. You'd just yeah. be like, what a mind fuck. Yeah, what I a mind was... fuck. It was good. I watched it in the, I've, it's probably the first horror film I've watched in the cinema, genuinely, since mm. the Blair Witch Project. Oh, right. Wow. Because <clears throat> I just, I, I'm not a fan of watching horror films in, a, in an audience because you, they tend to, and this played completely out. People chatting, giggling. Oh, like, to be fair, dude, we, we did see Dawn of the Dead together. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Question. No, that's a fair point. So probably the just last. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that and then I saw it days, weeks later. So I'm talking okay, complete yeah. shit. <laughs> But either way, but it's been um, a while. It's been a while, but it's, it's been a while. while. And but I love the fact that there was a couple of jump mm. scenes, specifically the scene in the loft. Not to spoil anything. That was fantastic. And like that the whole fantastic. audience just fucking yeah. leapt out their chair. Yeah, yeah, um, it was fantastic. It was it's a, a really, really great movie. Yeah, it's one of my top five of the year so far. It's yeah. genuinely, it's genuinely like for different reasons. But it's it's a super tense film, and if even I, just the I, opening, it, yes. But even just the opening is super tense. The way she's doing everything she's doing to get out yeah. of that place, it's, I, I, and with no dialogue, apps absolutely superb. If you want to raise your heart rate to an un, to, to a point mm. where you may well die, that mm. and uncut gems would be the. I was gonna. <laughs> that's exactly what I was gonna say. Uncut <laughs> gems was this incredible sustained tent like i've never been so stressed watching a film i know it's fucking unbelievable and it was unreal it was unbelievable it was unbelievable and like i loved imagine... it and it was unbelievable and then you go from that into invisible man oh god that would, that would probably actually finish you off and right. i will say just to give it a little bit of context i went to see it with uh the friends that i was staying with in la at the incredible alamo draft house downtown oh wow can I, can, can I just say i keep hearing about alamo draft house like on, on podcasts you know all that stuff and they do live shows there you know for, you know, for film podcasts yeah. and stuff it is it's the single best cinema i've ever been to like it really in the world it is the fact that you can get all the i'm just gonna say you can get full table service at your seat and it doesn't disrupt anything 
Like, I'm not that I want to sit there eating a full meal or anything, but the table service was unbelievable. The screen of a sound is unbelievable. The staff are fantastic. And the Alamo Draft House itself, the posters that are in this place, the artwork that is in this place, it's all classic Italian and Spanish artworks. Like is it better than Screen 8 at the Odeon? Uh, marginally, yeah. Man, <laughs> marginally. That's a high bar, but right? Honestly, honestly, if you are in LA or go to LA, please go to the Alamo Draft House. And also, I mean, there's the arc light, but I didn't get a chance. I've heard the arc light; it's amazing. But Alamo. So, so, so the context of this film, like, it wasn't just the yeah. film. It's the it like, was the yeah. entire experience. The entire experience was it's, absolutely phenomenal. It's good. Um, and the other, oh, the older, yes. older, newer film. So the so the most recent film that I've seen, so to speak, the film I've seen most recently, I should say. <laughs> uh, funnily enough. Well, should we talk about martial well, arts? Yeah, let's talk about because that. that yeah. a, so, so, but, but, so the most recent film I've actually watched with my delightful girlfriend is The VIPs, which is a film from 1963, and it stars Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, uh, Louis uh, Jordan. Uh, it's got like a uh, Ronald Fraser. It's, it's basically shot, I didn't even know this when, she, when we started watching it. It was shot in Heathrow Airport. Oh, and I've it's not a, seen it. It's essentially, it's essentially a very classy, elegant, witty drama. Um, there's no point getting into all the details because it's it's just worth watching. It's a it's a really excellent sort of Sunday afternoon movie, if that makes sense. And to be honest, until she mentioned it to me, I'd never even seen it. I've never heard of it. So it was a really, really terrific film, like really enjoyable, worth catching. Um, and it's a very it's not a tense film, it's a it's a lovely drama with amazing it's got Margaret Rutherford in it, like it's got an amazing cast in okay. it. Nice. Um, really worth it. Really nice family film as well. Like, because it's not, you know what I mean? There's nothing offensive about it yeah. as such. So <laughs> I recommend that. But but um, on to, j- just to briefly cover what's been happening this March then. Oh, um, no, no, no. Come on to that. Oh, on. We will oh, come oh, on. Okay. That, that's okay. our lead topic, man. Don't bury the lead. Oh, I, I, um, I watched, um, last night, I tweeted, I was tweeting about it a lot. Uh, my, my most recent film I've watched um, is True Romance. Oh, it's so good. Do you know what? Right, I do need to. I do need to watch it. It's been a few years. At yeah, least. and it for me, it's probably been five, maybe even ten years. And I watched it last night, and I was just, I, I love that film. I think it's actually now jumped into my top five films of all time. Wow, I genuinely love it. There's not a thing about it I would change. Wow, from the direction, pace yeah. to the the screenwriting to the to the cast. And and for Tony Scott, who who can be a you know you look at kind of true romance and even maybe Beverly Hills Cop too, he can yeah. be quite an in-your-face director at times, and not yeah. necessarily one that, that that kind of defines the term subtlety, right? No, by no means. But in true well, romance, with, hang on, with no Tony Scott, there's basically no Michael Bay, no Simon <clears> Wilson, none of no, those other. Totally. Um, and but yet in true romance, he lets the camera. Like that scene with Hopper and Walken. Oh, it's incredible. You you actually think when you watch that scene, you think that Christopher Walken is in more scenes of the film and he isn't. He's no. in one scene. He literally owns he the film. Yeah. Um, but that scene, Scott just allows the camera just to sit back. And he just he just allows the, the, the scene to play out and it's so beautifully done. And you've got James Gandolfini's menacing presence behind. Oh, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. And again, someone that doesn't do a great deal, he has two scenes in the film, it's fucking devastating. Um, you've got like like 
does the amazing ending, which Scott tried to rip off for his own film in Domino, which I never understood why he did that. He re he reshot that that shootout like nine times in other films, kind of. Yeah, yeah, he, well, like it was a whole, bu- whole bunch of times, and it was never better than in that. And like, yeah, oh, I just I just adore it. The music, like, and the, at the heart of it, you have a genuine, believable love story of two people thrust together yes. that you do not for a second doubt anything Christian Slater does for this girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, I completely agree. It's actually perfect. Um, yeah. So I, it's, I, it's, I love it's, it. it's, it's, it's certainly like apex Tony Scott, isn't it? That and like last boy scout. I think it's type, apex maybe. Tony Scott. And apex, um, I think it's apex Tony Scott. And I think it's apex Tarantino as well. Probably. Certainly in terms of the writing. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't disagree. It, the writing in True Romance is everything. It's like you see bits that are copied in Res Dogs and Pop Fiction, oh, yeah. and but it, it, it was done there first. It was the first screenplay he wrote. He sold it so he could effectively make Res Dogs. Right? It's a great film, and it's you know it's aged pretty good as well, all things considered. I mean, the overuse of the N word maybe is a touch uncomfortable at times. Can I just say Brad Pitt as well? Oh my God, he's so good in it. We're back to get some beer, some cleaning product. <laughs> like, don't you kind of save me? I'll, I'll fucking kill you, man. Fucking <laughs> unbelievable. Love it. Love, love, love it. And the other film I saw, the recent film, um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this could have gone to one of two ways, but I saw the Craig Fairbrass crime film, Villain. Uh, villain, villain, villain. Yeah. Do you villain know what? Again. Yes. It doesn't... Okay. St- it doesn't star the usual people. It's right. not made by the usual people. And Thank someone that, that can type a word other than cunt right. seems to have written the script. And in fact, Fairbrass is probably the best in this that he's been in a film. Cliffhanger? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I liked him. I will say I liked him in London Heist. It was originally called Gun Down, and right. I liked him. In Bre- he made he made two films back to back. It's like London Heist and, and Breakdown, I think it was. Yeah. And I thought he was good in both of them, partly because they weren't the usual mockney gangster bollocks. Like they were actually. And by the way, he's all right in those films. He's. he's I wouldn't I, say he's bad in any film. It's just no, like no, no, both he's films are just, just, just boring. In. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and he exactly. and he's just going for the motions, right? In this film, it's yeah. it's got all the trappings of a mockney gangster bollocks. Right. Yeah. But course. just it's done and it's shot really slick and it looks slick. It looks cool. that step above. That's great. Like, I I I genuinely enjoyed it and and like you know it, it had a bit of a bit of a nice ending as well that you you don't quite expect. So I was kind of yeah I was I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I quite enjoyed that. So we're going to talk about two things. Uh, Christ, we're almost like 20 minutes into a 30 minute podcast. So this is going to be what good. <laughs> Ross, what are you doing in March? Right. So <clears throat> there's a frame of comparison for this. Uh, some people may know about the, the October film selection event called uh, 30 films of Halloween. Yes. Where you, you watch one horror film a day. Up in the run up to Halloween, including you know Halloween night, obviously, um, or then Halloween night sort of thing. Um, and I've done that fairly religiously for the last several years, although or four or five years, uh, except for the year when we were filming Vengeance Two, and I just simply couldn't do it. It was I was trying to, but it just wasn't going to happen. Oh, I mean, um, it's not at all, mate. Yeah, I should have just watched twenty five films when we, <laughs> when we finished. <coughs> what was I thinking? Um, 
but overall I've been doing it and I had this stupid thing I was thinking action April action August kind of and then I was like no martial arts <laughs> um so so as it as it may or may or may not sound like uh the idea is to watch one martial arts movie or martial arts related movie if you like uh every day in the even month of March that's and, a fucking hardship for you mate it's actually it's it's funny because it is difficult to make the selections <laughs> like it, I mean as in there's a lot right uh, I want to mix it up between obviously classic Hong Kong movies and maybe some recent Korean movies and of course you know Western action you know Western martial arts movies as well. I'm, I'm trying to make it a good blend of of titles and everything. Um, obviously we're on day seven and I haven't watched one yet today, but the the selection so far have been day one Cradle to the Grave. Yeah, that's okay. It stars, it, it, like it's not a great film, but uh, Jet Li and Mark Cascos as well as some other luminaries, uh, and it's not terrible. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's mostly mostly notably hilarious for DMX. Like there's there's this there's this chase where he's on a quad bike and he's like being chased by the cops and by the people who stole the quad bike from. It's completely irrelevant to the flip, like it's complete nonsense. <laughs> and the whole time he's like doing I think where he's like sucking his front teeth while he's like looking really badass while driving. It is arguably hilarious um but the film is a lot of fun uh yeah. day, t- day two falcon rising which stars uh michael jai white one of the uh more skilled if you like uh american martial arts guys and obviously he's a, a good actor he's a good actor in his own way i think i've even heard like, of that one mate really not what falcon rising it's not it's not that wider release I, I actually first saw it at Cannes when it was on at Cannes in the market screening um and it's a, a really, really strong film. I think it's directed by Ernie Barbarash, if I remember correctly. Uh, and it's a, a very tight movie about um, his character. He's like, a, he's kind of got PTSD <clears throat> from the wars. Uh, and he goes to a favela uh, in, I guess it's Brazil, if I remember correctly. Uh, and uh, gets into all sorts of trouble while looking for his sister. I'm trying to remember. The story is sort of now invading me. But the, the action scenes are absolutely superb the fights are brilliant there's a, a final showdown uh with uh like multiple opponents and one of them's uh Maracy crump who's uh, a fantastic uh, capoeira guy and it, yeah it's the fight scenes are truly excellent really worth it uh day three i watched close range which is uh, a scott adkins action directed by isaac florentine uh and it stars nick chinland as well uh the story's pointless but the fight scene i mean the story is <laughs> like there is almost there's almost with, it's written by chad law who's a great action writer actually i really like chad law uh big, big up to chad uh but there is very little story it is mostly people chasing scott who gets into situation i can't even it's a bunch of sheriffs i don't remember but it's I mean, um look, which is which sounds just, I don't mean, that, right? i'm not by the way yeah no no what i mean is is it, it runs really smoothly. Like when I say there's no story, there's not no story. It's perfectly fine. Um, but the, it is almost 90% action. And uh, that's not a bad thing necessarily because the action is superb in it. And it's Absolutely not a bad thing. Superb performer. So no, it's, it's very, very, very enjoyable. Um, fourth day, March the 4th, I watched a Van Damme film that I've only seen once before called The Hardcore, which is um, hard corpse, if you like, uh, in terms of like a military sort of term. Uh, and it's about Van Damme playing a bodyguard to a, like a famous boxer. Uh, and it's it's a fairly straightforward action movie with obviously some martial arts stuff being Van Damme. Uh, and one of the notable things You'd about hope. it... Well, yeah, but like, I mean, some of these films aren't... But it's, actually, it's actually quite an entertaining film in terms of the story rather than the action uh, and stuff. It's actually, it is actually quite an entertaining film. It's got Vivica Fox in it as well. She's very good in it. Um, 
And uh, of all people, one of the co-stars is Mark Griffin, who's actually been in both of the Vengeance films so far. Uh-huh. So that's kind of a that's kind of a fun thing. Uh, and yeah, he's he's very good in it. Uh, day five, showdown in Little Tokyo. Now you know you know we could do a whole podcast. We could do a whole podcast. Uh, we once did. We once did a. Uh, I think we did. Yeah. Not that long ago, we did a well back in the film exploitation days. We did a yeah. uh, commentary episode of Showdown in Little Tokyo. It's one of my favourite things I've ever done. It was amazing, um, and yeah. you know, I still, I still love the the chemistry. Yes. Between, because that's so. I always get ta- the, the shower scene in Tango and Cash, and the scene <laughs> in this case, right? Because in one of the films, I think it's this one. He goes, "That's the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man," hang and on, you just kind of go, "Are you, are you imagining that there was a shower scene in Show Down at Tokyo? Because there is one. No, there is a, <laughs> like there's, the a, there's a scene where yes. Dolph's in a hot tub or the something, hot isn't tub, he? Yeah, tub, correct. With, and it, with and, a hilarious body double for Tia Carrere, like a, a body double of like. She looks like a bodybuilding porn star. Like, yeah, it's, it's absolutely un- insane. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. might as well be that, a guy. That is the one that has the, you know, that's the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man, right? Yes, it has yeah. many, many dick jokes. But, and, and it's more, more comfortable. Like, where you just kind of go, did he just really, oh, there's an action sequence. So they don't linger on it yeah, long enough. Yeah, it's totally fine. But it's, it's a bit just, when he says something like, there's a bit when he says something like, because he, he anticipates that Tia Carrera and Dolph Lundgren are going to sort of get it on. Uh, so it says, like, I saw that, saw that coming or something. But then, but then she says, Dolph says, like, she was scared. And Lee says something like, I saw you stripped down for that hot tub and I'd have been scared too. Like, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> What's happening? He's obsessed with London's dick. I mean, I am as well, to be fair. I mean, but like, uh, who is real... obsessed with Dolph London's dick? Yeah, we all are. So, we all He Man's dick, right? So for me, mm. if I had to pick. The best sub eighty minute movie ever oh, made. Yeah, it's Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yeah, I, I think that's unquestionable. It's it's so tight, yet so much happens in it. It might be the best sub two hour movie ever made. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what? You might be right. You know, it's it's just <laughs> chemistry between two. Li- I mean, I know it could never happen for obvious reasons, but like there was a Showdown in Little Tokyo. And Tango and Cash crossover movie that just should have happened. Oh God, that would have been absolutely bananas. I'd have, I'd have Tango and killed. Cash, I'd... Little Tokyo. Oh God, to- yeah, Tango and Cash. Then you could have had a four-way shower scene. <laughs> and like, that's the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Yeah, left. That's up, all right. part. That's all we're living. Why don't they do? They could do it because Stallone and Lundgren and Russell are still alive, and then you have like a hologram of Brandon Lee, like he, they resurrect him from the dead. I mean, and he could just he could just watch all of their dicks. I think they should just. I think they should genuinely their, just think about it. Think about it. All of their seventy-year-old dicks. <laughs> I, I think. I nice. think actually, a good editor should work and and like just cut mash up together because I think those are two scenes that need to be mashed up. That's the biggest <laughs> dick I've ever seen on a man. Yeah, laugh it up, tripod. <laughs> Don't worry, Cash. The other the one will drop one day. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you could probably cut between Tango and Cash in the shower with Brandon Lee observing them. <laughs> like all you do is add a bit of steam to the shots that he's in, like where he's just like sitting there, like talking to Dolph Lundgren in. Just add a bit of steam, like a steam filter while we're in the shower. <laughs> I want I just have for Christmas, but that. <laughs> I want nothing for Christmas. I sort of want to do it. I sort of want to like take time out and do that for no good reason. You don't even need to put the steam in. I just, I just want you to just edit those two scenes <laughs> cross, cross cut because those are two scenes that just like, like literally they were made to go next to each 
going now, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <coughs> terrifying. So, so day six, thank God, let's move on from all the dicks. Nah, let's just keep talking about dicks. Um, day six, or dicks, as we could call it, uh, uh, Black Dynamite, which is... Have you ever seen Black Dynamite? I haven't, no. It's an amazing spoof. It's a Black Exploitation movie spoof starring Michael Jai White again, funny enough. Uh, and it's a brilliant... Oh, no, do you know what I have? Yeah, I have. Brilliant homage to all the Jim Kelly movies and Jim Brown movies and all of those. It's a really, really funny film. And, and, and what's interesting is that when they do the fights, as funny as the movie is, the fights are still sort of semi-serious. Like, they still do proper fighting, uh, as well as comedy moments, you know. So you've still got some quite dynamic action scenes and some good fight stuff. But it is hilarious. And it's a really, really terrific homage slash spoof uh, of all those classic black exploitation movies. Definitely worth that. Homage. And I've got another 23 to watch. <laughs> wow. Uh, we look for, I look forward to the next time we podcast. We'll catch up on martial arts. Oh, yeah. Martial. And by the way, guys, hashtag martial arts. M-A-R-C-H-A. Sorry. M-A-R-C-H-A-L-A-R-T-S. So people join in. Catch up. Okay. There you go. Hashtag I mean, mar- I mean the, martial arts. Arts. I mean, I'll check check my social feed. You'll see. But if I'm just, I don't know if anyone, I don't even, know, I don't even know if anyone's doing no, it or not. But this could be a thing. Fun. I think, I think yeah. we make this a thing. Yeah, I think it's I, fun. Look, I mean, worst case, people would have to just watch two a day for a week and then catch up. What would be wrong with that? There's so many. There's so many you could watch. Like, not that big a deal. No, amazing. So, um, I thought we'd wrap up today's podcast with. <clears throat> My top five virus films. I've done the same thing, funny. Oh, have you? Oh, nice, nice. We'll just we'll we'll just go for a list, right? Because you know. Um, so what we've got number five. Okay, so hang on. I say I've, you might need to do it first because I've done more than five, but I was very <laughs> quick. But no, because I just I just did like the ones that nice. I could think of that okay. were good. So. <clears throat> so my five uh, number five Contagion. Yeah, I've never seen it. Um, number four, uh, Rabid. Okay. Nice classic virus film. Right. Have you number seen the remake? Th- yes. Is it any good? No. Oh. It's okay. It's it's okay. It's okay. okay. okay um, I've done num- mine. I've done mine. Number three, uh, mm-hmm. Outbreak. Oh yeah. Okay. That's Love a pump for me. Number two, Twelve Monkeys. <clears throat> Oh yeah, that's uh, that's that's my number two, funny enough. Is it monkey? Yeah. And then number one, uh, one of my, the film I state to this day is one of my favourite horror films, one of my favourite British films, and one of my favourite independent films of all time. Yes. And I I didn't go zombie films on this because I think zombie films are different. To I've out- done a mi- I've, I've done a mixture, but they are still outbreak. I think they're all, all of my ones are related to outbreak type situations. Yeah, not just very zombies. Post outbreak. So my my number one is Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, that makes totally, totally makes that sense. That film still scares the fucking bejesus out of me. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite cool when you know that Danny Boyle is making a film on the same camera you're shooting your film on at that time. Totally, mate. That was a bit with different lenses, um, <clears throat> but yeah. So um, I'm going I'm to do my honourable mentions first. Go on. Okay. So honourable mentions, and in no particular order: the Amiga Man, yeah, I love. Good. good. Uh, the Andromeda Strain, which is classic. That was on my, that was on my mentions. Yeah, uh, the Wreck franchise. 
Yeah. Which I just love as much. They're so, all of them are good, even yeah. the silly ones near the end. And also, as a TV version, uh, The Strain. Because obviously it's a vampire show, but the first, well, couple of episodes even, it's all about like fighting a virus. It's all about like yeah. containing and fighting I, a virus. And I think they handled that really well. I have an issue with The Strain in that mm. it took three seasons for anyone to seemingly give a fuck that there was a people yeah. with a virus. It was like literally yeah, it was like three seasons of the yeah, the world's falling apart and everyone's dying. And like literally they're walking down New York and it's like like nothing has changed. It's all it's all fine. Yeah, until I have that nuclear explosion, which yeah. is uh, very good. But yeah, so, it had its yeah. moments. So here we go. My my five so uh number five it's the Dawn of the Dead two thousand and four. Because I feel like I have to have one of them in there, yeah. and I adore it. I, I just think it's such a great movie, and yeah, I just love it. Uh, I think four, you know Rise... my opinions of that film as well, Mister Boyce. Yeah, yeah. Number four, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, because it is about a spread of uh, like a yeah. mutated uh, virus, and I, and I love that, that film so much. It's... Is that the first, second, or third one? The first one, Rise. Well, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, first one. Yeah, but yeah, but then so... they did Dawn, and then they did War, and, and actually, War. Oh, I love, no, planet. I love all. Oh no, they're all no, all of them. I love all three of them. No, no, but I think they generally get better. Dawn should have been the first film in terms. I see. Yes, in in terms of how. Yes, in terms of yeah, Rise doesn't. Yes, you're right. Dawn. It should be Dawn, Rise, and then uh, War. But but the problem with War is there was no war. Oh, I loved. I love all three films. So so fucking good. Um, Number three, twenty eight days later. And to be honest with you, this top three could kind of be in any order. Uh, Number three, twenty eight days later. Number two, twelve monkeys. And number one, I've actually got out. Number one, I've got outbreak simply because it is very specifically about. And also, it's the most outbreaky film. It has a great monkey in it, of course. It has better monkey than Twelve Monkeys. Yes. And also, and also, it it has Dustin Hoffman as sort of like an action hero, which is just yeah. the fucking funniest. Like I genuinely love outbreak. I, I remember watching it at the cinema, and there's that amazing scene in the cinema where someone sneezes. And the, you see the infection like move around the cinema, yeah, and that was utterly brilliant. And I genuinely still would have sneezed at that point, scary, by the way. like but it was properly scary. Even though you're watching it, go, well, that's ridiculous. But like it, it worked. It was effective. And, and Donald Sutherland was great in that. Donald movie. Sutherland, he's like a bloodthirsty colonel or something. Like he wants, yeah, to, he, he, he wants to use it. For... <laughs> he's like the he's like the, the, the idiots in the aliens movies where they think they can weaponize the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely bananas. Outbreak, Outbreak is a genuinely great film. It's and a it's genuinely, genuinely enjoyable scary. movie. It's an enjoyable movie. So for real. Three of your top five have monkeys in them. That's very true. <laughs> um, my my other my other um, other runs were the crazies. Mm. I really enjoy that film. I love the re- I love the remake. Yeah, I think the original the one's really hard. The original one's quite hard to watch. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about the remake, sorry. Yeah, yeah I really like that movie. Good. Yeah, yeah I agree. 2009, I think. I didn't even think about it. I really like that movie. Uh, World War Z. I love that movie as well, actually. It weirdly, I, I love's the wrong word, sorry. I really like that movie. And funnily enough, well, I was talking about it with Jenny earlier, that it is a movie that, like, um, that it does actually deal with it like it is a virus, not just there are all these, you yeah. know, like, zombie I... things. I love, I, so I've read the book and I love, I think the book is one of the best horror books ever written. I've still not read so it. Yeah. I've still not read it. And then I watched the film and the film is to the book that I am to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Like, it's the same species. Yes. <laughs> but that's about it. However, 
However. <laughs> However. Right. Yeah. And so the first time I saw it, I was like, this is fucking terrible. And I watched it again about, I, I watched really it again last it. year. Yeah. And I have to say, it kind of went up from a five out of 10 to a seven out of 10 for me. Yeah, I'd give, this, it, I'd give it a six or seven for sure. It's It's got, and the unrated version's actually quite, is better because it's got some blood and gut. I mean, it's still, you can still blatantly see the point where they reshot the last third of the film. Right, like the aeroplane thing. Yeah, literally the aeroplane scene, and the and the annoying thing is what they had for the rest of the film was fucking unbelievably dark. Right. It was like proper brutal. If they'd have done that, you know, that would have been a cracking film. But it 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 didn't. It ended up in a lab in in Scotland with Doctor Who. Yeah, it's a shame because uh, I I still think that that worked for the film, but uh. Yeah, it's a shame it kind of cocked out a little bit on what it or what it originally was. Because like going to Russia and like having to work clearing up dead frozen zombies, um, yeah. to then finally try and find his way to his wife, who's been kind of basically the sex slave of this Russian general. Right. It was like, fuck me, that film is dark. Uh, yeah. And then they totally copped out, which is a shame because it could have been good. And uh, my other also rant were. Um, the Stand, the TV miniseries. Oh, I love the Stand. I can't believe I didn't say that either. I love like, the Stand. That's about as outbreaky virusy as you're you're going to get. Particularly right? that first part. The first part yeah. is genuinely apocalyptic. And Mick Garris, like I'm, I'm quite a fan of Mick Garris as a person. I'm not always the biggest fan of all of his work, although I, I think he's a, a solid director. But the Stand is excellent. Like the Stand is excellent from a directorial point of view. It's and very, very for a, t- it well. for a team. Yeah, I've heard, and it's it's from a very interesting filmmaker, isn't it? Yes, he's directing every episode. He's directing. Every, I can't remember who it is, but he's directing every episode. So it's going to have like a really pure. It's going to be a bit like Carrie Fukunaga doing, you know, um, uh, True Detective and stuff. Like it's, it sounds like it's a very pure vision, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's quite. going to be directed by Josh Boone and Benjamin Avila, the creators. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so before we go, um, because we're we're kind of wrapping up everything, uh, mm. I wanted to just pick up on one thing that you said, which was very funny uh, the other day. Uh, your oh. quote, something along the lines of, "If everyone's so interested in the oh. minute details of the new Batman film, why don't you just wait and watch the Batman film?" Yeah, if you really want to know every detail about the Batman, like everything, here's the Batman beer, here's the outfit, here's there, why don't you just watch the film? This... You really have to just spread it to every like. To, it's supposed. Do you remember? When, do you remember when? Do you remember when the first? Well, the the the, the Burton Batman film was. Like, yeah. I know this is pre-internet. I know it's pre-internet, but it was like there was a photo from the set where you just sort of saw. It was like a really blurry photo from almost like the raft of the studio where you saw Jack Nicholson's hair, like you saw the green hair, and you sort of saw Batman in shadow. I think it might have been from the. I don't remember what scene it was, but I think it was from the church or something. Yes. It was where you see both of them standing together, and it was it was like. A frenzy of holy shit, this film, holy shit. And we didn't know anything else until the film came out. And why now we, we know. Do, why much. are we seeing every why are we seeing everything? The casting alone to me is really like the casting announcements are fine. Like there's some really great cast in this film. I am genuinely really excited to see the film. But I am sick of look, here's a utility belt. Here's the Batman. We do, why are you just chill? Like just Here's wait Batman for the film. By, by the time the film comes out, no one's going to give a shit. Because what is it? A year and a half away. Yeah. So what the fuck are they doing? Oh. I mean, I know I know why they're doing it, but you just go, what? Just calm but down. Surely, everyone. 
if there's any franchise in this entire fucking universe that doesn't need hype, it's Batman. Right. That's what I mean. And like, also, it's not just it's not just hype though. It's like the here's a da da da. Here's a shot for me. It's like the film isn't done. It just chill. Like just just leave it. Like just wait for the film. Yeah. Or wait for the teaser or whatever. Just chill. Although it's like, it's like we get we're getting too much too soon. Is what I mean. We're getting like yeah. here's a suit. Here's the here's the here's the. Here's the it's like just. I remember even with um um uh, Batman vs Superman, there was that reveal of the costume. Yes. And then that was it for ages. And that was fine. And well, a lot of people didn't like it. I liked it. But like, but like, that was fine. You didn't need any more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. like, what like you fuck? had that shot of that amazing shot of Affleck next to the, the Batmobile, right? Yes. And it you were good. like, you couldn't quite see what the suit was. But you no, I know. I liked Batfield, it. But you were like, oh, this could be good. It wasn't. Yes, but it could have been no, good. It wasn't. But he what he was. He and, was. And yeah. it was a shame. It was a shame. But, all, but yeah, all I'm saying uh, is, why are they doing is, so much of it? Yeah. One thing I will say is, he looks fucking good in the suit. He does. No, I'm I'm excited by what I've seen. I'm not, and the, I'm not and the Batmobile looked. I mean, <laughs> I know yes, doing does. exactly the same thing. I'm taking the piss out no, of people too. No, no, but I know, but I appreciate that. What I'm saying is, it looks good. Now leave it alone. Yeah. The ba- so it's basically Mad Max Mobile. Yeah, it looks very good. It looks kind of more, um, um, but it looks more grounded. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, it's I back it's to like the it. Nolan idea of yeah. a grounded, real Batman. Yeah. Well, so, even beyond that, because he has a tumbler. This looks like an actual car. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like a mean one. Anyway. Motherfucker. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no, and the last thing to talk about, because we're, basically we're doing a super long catch up podcast today. <laughs> last thing to talk about is uh, mm. Bond. Fuck. Yes. How much yeah. money have they wasted promoting or something's not happening? I know. I know. The delay of it is very silly. It's totally understandable why they're doing it. Well, China, but it's, um, effectively. Yeah, exactly. There's, That's what I mean. Exactly. It's, it's a 30 million loss in, in marketing and promotion. P, it's P&A, yes. P&A. Yeah, against a probably 200 million pound loss in revenue. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's it's all it's all maths. It's all sensible. And also that extra spend on P and A means that they get to pretend that they're in the red for longer. Yeah, they yes. actually get to because 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 remember, Sony still thinks that still keeps saying that Bond's in the red or whatever. Yeah, which right. means that Daniel right. Craig won't get his points. So like he won't get his hundred million as opposed to the fifty million he got paid. All very investors. <laughs> Two hundred and fifty million pounds is the dollars is the budget for this. Insane. Crazy. Um, Insane. it's interesting though, right? Because I, I, I've said this for many, 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 many years, but, you know, the distribution model of cinema is broken and it genuinely Completely. is. And I love the fact that Villain, um, going back to earlier, it was released in the cinema on a limited run. Great. Yeah. But you could buy iTunes, Amazon and all these things the same day. So you yeah. could choose to sit in the cinema or you could. Yeah. yeah. If you they have the actual choice. Yeah, if they'd have released Bond in a in a cinema and on the same day made it available in a pay-per-view that yeah. was like a premium price, like a premium price. 35 a quid? Price. Yeah, I've got you. Yeah. Yeah. I still genuinely think that they'd make the same amount of money. Probably. Because those that wanted to go to the cinema would. Maybe and those, more even. Yeah, maybe more. And those that didn't would watch it at home. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that in principle. I mean, who knows? But I, I don't disagree in principle. It's it's like I, 
and I know I'm talking to a film distributor, right? So it's like no, but I, but I know, but I, I but, listen. We're we're in the same boat as everyone else in terms of trying to find the right models to make, you know, to maximize revenue and all of that stuff. And I just think cinema is such a dead model now because it's like I like the last. I don't think. I don't think. No, no, I, I can't say that it's no, dead. Not I think dead, it's, but it's dead in it's terms valid. of But it it hasn't evolved, right? And you you're looking at well, it going. You, you go to well, the cinema. You, there's like twenty. Actually you say, you, well, actually, you say that. But again, it depends what kind of cinema you're talking about here. Because, for example, like I say, and I know it's in America and everything, but but Draft House with this model of it's a cinema. You have a full restaurant service at your ta- at your at your chair, which is basically a table as well. You have a karaoke bar in there. You have a restaurant in there. You know what I mean? Like it's a full entertainment yeah. venue. And yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about whether the picture and sound is good, which the picture and sound was fantastic, but it's a full experience to go out there. And it's not that expensive either. No, but look, so I look at my local cinema, right? And Fantasy Island, which is new out this week. I want to see that. One screening. Yeah. Invisible Man, a week after being out, three screenings. Yes. Well, I mean, it's gone very big. The advertising while I was in the States, the advertising in LA was huge for it. Like, no, it, it was, was, but I mean, it's only it. three screenings and they're not the best. Right. Yet you can go right. and see fucking onward and military wives on every screen right. all through the day. Yeah. So like it's like when Harry Potter used to come out, like independent films would just be squashed. Or Matrix. Remember the Matrix sequels? Like, oh, every, 20, I, every twenty remember the second one like every twenty minutes was I watched a bit of Reloaded the other day and I watched the Burley Brawl. Why? 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 It was why you... And I was like, oh it's that bit with the big fight. I wonder how badly it's aged. Really badly. Like really, really, really badly. Super. The first one has not aged badly at all. At all. But the first one has been unbelievably good. Barely, barely. Yeah, has been. It has aged a bit, but it is. It is very much its own world. The sequels, and I haven't watched them for a while. I'm talking like five again, maybe five or six years ago. The most recent <laughs> look look old as shit. Yeah, they do because they, they do. rely so much. They rely so much on something that has developed so much since, and it just. But it, do you know what? It's not it just never look good at the time. It's the no, it's just bad films. Overused bad... wire work. Yeah, but bad films in general, bad storytelling. Yeah, bad everything. And so the fourth one's going to be good, right? Sure, the fourth one, which comes out hooray on the same day as John Wick Four, because they've made that announcement that John Wick Four and the Matrix Four will come out on the same day, because that all sounds fantastic. That's um, be, that's cannibalizing your box office, right? Like at what point? But like at what point? No, but listen, I would go along and do a double bill. I will go along and do the Curiosity double bill. But the question is, which one do you watch first? Because you want you want the worst one first, and then you want to enjoy the second one. Well, so here's the problem. Easy. It's how the good, Matrix. How good is how well, Matrix first? Yeah, because the, the last two Matrix films have been shit. I've enjoyed yeah, the but last. There has been a long, but there has been a long gap between them. Right. Let me let me just uh, let me just for, for your evidence, your honour, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. give you Men in Black International. Okay, well, I haven't uh, watched it, and I won't watch it. But this is so, the point, right? It's like, yeah. yeah, let's make a sequel 20 years after yeah. the last one. Mm-hmm. Point. Well, look at Bad, Boy, Bad Boys 3. We have a different opinion on that. Um, it's absolutely terrible. I don't know how that... You need to watch it again, or don't watch it I again. enjoyed it. To a point, which was about terrible. 90 minutes in, as usual, for Michael Bay-style film. It's just awful. <laughs> it's just awful. But okay, it's fine. It's not. But... But the point it is, I, I tell you what, honestly, and this is, I know this is without trailers and stuff, I'm honestly prepared to do John Wick 4 first, because with all hope, so my main hope for John Wick 4 is a bit like the third one, 
that the action is still really done well this time, finally, uh, and that the story will be shockingly awful and non-existent and terrible. And the Matrix 4, while I don't believe it will be good, I mean, as in I don't have any expectations for it to be good, I am prepared to accept that what they will do in Matrix 4 will be a big swing, like they'll swing creatively. And that to me has but do you think therefore to be interesting. I'm not going to say I can't say, but I think. But do you think Lana or Lucy whoever or they are now, whoever they are now, whoever whoever they are now. do you think they have a swing left? Because the last couple of swings yes. they took yes. were yes, fucking do. appalling. Like yes. they've no, not I, made a good I, film since I the completely Matrix. Agree. Yes, I completely. Uh, no, you're right. They haven't. And <laughs> I, no, no, but I, I am prepared to because if nothing else, they have creative flair for visuals and stuff. So stuff. My, my, so, so what I'm saying is the fourth one has the, and I say this, you know, with all the reservations in place, it has the potential to be like a wild ride, like like, like a wild creative ride. <clears throat> I would only and, accept the fourth and, one, and if... I'm just I'm just saying out of the two, I'm prepared for that to be the 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 the, the, the later experience. It will be more that original. That's kind of what I mean, a big Your... swing, like creatively, yeah. there'll be big swings. So I'm only prepared and to I'm watch the that if mm. they basically wake up and go, oh, the last two films were in our head. Well, that's kind of what I'm hoping because there's a lot of distance between what I'm getting at is the distance between John Wick three and John Wick four is like going to be a year and a half or whatever the hell it is, two whatever it is, and then the distance between those other sequels is massive, and regardless of what I think of their abilities in the intervening films, they are creative, like they are creative, whereas the writing on the John Wick films have been uniformly terrible. Like, like terrible, but the third film at least has better fight. Like I, I, I like the world building of that. John Wick. I know we disagree I like on that one. The first, the first John Wick, the world building was fine. It was the film that was mediocre. You got to remember. I just think it's very mediocre. I don't think it's a terrible film. I just think it's super mediocre, and that the fighting is unbelievably <laughs> repetitive for a stunt team. Like I think that's 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 it's fine. Like I quite like the first film until the fighting starts. Yeah. I really do. And visually, the like, first, the first they're visually film, stylish. They're yeah. visually stylish. The writing is absolutely terrible, though. And the third one is particularly badly written. Like, And it's way too long, unlike the first two films. Like, it's way too long. So I am... I, it's I, interesting I really how, how, stage, how, this, how much you don't like that. I tell you what, I tell you what the Matrix for needs. I want needs. to. You've got to, remember, you've got to remember, I want to. I want to lighten. It's not like... I, I, think it's, I think I've been pretty fair. I don't think that my objections to those films... Are, um, no, I, I mean, the second one, we completely agree on that the Terrible. action is Absolutely just awful. so repetitive that halfway yes. through, I was just like, if I oh, see another oh. shot of him right. spinning a gun, right. just the yeah. same shot again and again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What so, you, so and what people I going, want... it's you got to remember, you got, and just to clarify, the reason why I have such an attitude about it is so many people, they're amazing and they are well, not they're, they're, they're like. They're like the they're like the fucking like um, Coca Cola of of movies, aren't they? Right, like people drinking goes the best thing in the world. Fentiman's Cola once in a while, it's far better. Fentiman's and Karma Cola are both yeah, absolutely exactly, amazing. Right? There are better colas out there, but everyone wants Coke, and that's what that is. So the only one, the only thing I want from the Matrix movie, the Matrix Four, mm-hmm. is a crossover mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the key maker and the key master end up in the same. <gasps> that would be amazing. <laughs> I have made a are key. You a, are you a god? 
Ah, now coming back from New York, we watched um when we got back from New York, we watched Ghostbusters with, with my daughter for the first time. And yep. she enjoyed it. Because okay. my entire trip to New York was basically me going around locations of the, of the Ghostbusters. Oh, amazing. That's amazing. Like, like I went to we went to the New York Public Library. Yeah. Uh, inside and out, right up to the first, the top floor. Um where, where basically everyone goes to take a photograph because it was in the Ghostbusters. Uh, we, right. we went to the Ghostbusters um, location. Okay. The actual firehouse. Oh, God, that's so cool. It's, and it was like, literally, it's just it just looks like it does in the film. And you're just like, oh, oh I'm sure. I'm that's sure. amazing. That and, then, amazing. Um, and then I went to um, then Central Park. I kind of saw Dana's house. I was just oh, kind of like... Cool. Like I was just like, ah, oh, this is the best thing ever. It's like Ghostbusters. It's like literally like the whole city is Ghostbusters. I know, I'm really, and then I walked through Central Park and I was like, oh, I wonder if this is where uh, Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis drove. I was just like, this, <laughs> like, New York is like being on a movie set. Yeah, and no, that's it's, when I've said this before. When you go to New York, it's like you are in a film. Yeah, it's it, there's it's no like other place like it in the world. LA looks yeah, nothing like it does in real life. No, because they, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like LA is basically all the studios, film studio stuff is well out of fucking in the middle of nowhere in big fucking yeah. warehouses. Yeah. West just, Hollywood yeah, exactly. is a shithole. Beverly Hills is Beverly Hills. And the rest of yeah. it is just boring. Yeah, it is. All script. But New York, every, like, I remember that the, my favorite. There's so much moment, character. There's genuinely oh, so much character in My favorite moment in New York, there was a moment where a yellow taxi went in front of a steaming drain. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, right? That's, that's that's literally me coming in my pants. Yeah. Like, and in, yeah, the, no, I, yes, in the background, yes. you could hear a fire engine. And I was oh like. Oh, my God. That was just, yeah. So then you just need to hear, like, that piano. You ever think when the, the XO1 first leaves? Uh, the firehouse like like the bus boys kind of music that kind of stuff like you just need to hear that make you lose your mind that's amazing like but it is like that it's actually like that it is every corner you turn you go oh i recognize that and i recognize that and i'm oh such and such a film was filmed here and it's like every corner is is just amazing and i have to say we we were staying just outside of um the 9-11 um, site. Yeah, yeah. And that's genuinely quite emotional going, like going to, yeah. to yeah, knowing where I was, where we were staying was balls deep in kind of like everything that happened. And then like yeah. walking past it and just, just seeing the, like the hole, which is now the memorial of like just the empty hole of where the tower stood. Yeah. Just, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's no, it's, pretty insane. It's, it's awesome. I love But nothing beats like a yellow cab in front of a a steaming drain with a fire engine in the background. That is amazing. That is amazing. It's like that is about as peak New York as you are ever gonna get. All it needed was someone walk to to bump into me and go, "Hey, I'm fucking walking here, man. I'm walking. Yeah, I'm walking here. here walking here. <laughs> exactly. Like, that is amazing. Like, and also, that was the other thing. The first time I was I was with like first time someone walked past me and said "fuck" in that kind of New York drawl. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's just like being in a film. Oh, amazing. It's amazing. Best place in the world. So, Ross, where can our wonderful audience find out more about you? Yes, so uh, I am at Ross Boyask on all the social things. Uh, if you'd also like to follow 
at Evo Films UK for the exploits of Elementary Films, uh, and also at Vengeance Film UK, uh, as there are going to be a lot of announcements fairly soon about this film I've written directly. Well, I hope so, because you've been promising announcements, but like you, you're, you're becoming like, I was going to say, you're becoming the Boris Johnson of announcements. Well, if you... <laughs> That'd if be you, a bit harsh. You, right? Thanks. <laughs> but, if you, but also, in fact, if people... Um, Right now, check out Stu Bennett's Instagram. I think it's at Stu Bennett Official on Instagram and at Stu Bennett on Twitter. Uh, he uh, he posted some photos from the commentary session. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, sure. it's pretty pretty funny. Yeah, pretty good. So, and obviously nice. we've shared them from us as well. So uh, please enjoy and hopefully, I think the film is coming out, it looks like probably May, maybe a bit later, depending on stuff. But it's, sure, uh, there's a free yes, release okay. date around the 2nd or 3rd of April for an action right. film. Just oh, say. Interesting. <laughs> big do you know what i reckon that's why bond cleared its schedule oh yeah that's a good point vengeance is <laughs> yeah, coming make way make way for vengeance too i am vengeance well, do you know what right in, in a world of being able to do what you wanted if you could have got that out and with a, with a poster of you know even bonds running from uh from i can't, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember Stu's character's name what's his character john john gold john gold even bonds running from john gold Fourth of April. <laughs> I mean, like, that'd be that would actually be really funny. It's like a photo. Was... You have a photo of Stu like like doing like a toe kick, and like you just see Daniel Craig's ass like off the end of the poster. <laughs> like, Do you know what? He, like, he kicked out. Of... Genuinely, that's how I. That's what I would do, right? I would be like, I, get it, yeah. I would be like, yeah. Do you know what? Everyone wants was waiting for an action film. Let's give them that action film. Nothing's in the cinema. Let's get in there. Fucking Mark Gold. Well, yeah, I was going to say, John Gold is, is the action hero who beats the coronavirus. Yeah, that's exactly it. He's just got a poster of Stu in the yeah. in the Bond pose that just just says, yo, who needs Bond when you've got gold? <laughs> that's quite good. I like well, that. Gold is worth more than Bonds. Yeah, exactly. And that's you, hilarious. Yeah, see? Move over Bond as a new action hero in turn. Yeah, I don't know. totally. It's quite funny. No, quite funny. no, no you like... like uh, John Gold has no time to die in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John John Gold has no time to die from the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this wow. fight itself. Uh, you know, these are great. Anyway, www 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 or Phil's quick review for all of the blogs and everything else that goes alongside this wonderful podcast. We are on Twitter, a Phil Quick Review, and we are on uh instagram ross and phil talk movies we will be back um we're not yeah. running from the coronavirus also we're not in the same room so you know that's kind yeah, of work. We so if we if we do get anything we'll still be here uh, and i'll be watching the stand yeah i need to watch i did i got that on blu-ray recently i do want to watch that again uh thanks for listening we'll be back soon take care uh try not to to catch anything but go and watch um go and watch uh invisible, invisible man, man and eight days later and outbreak bye bye, bye.